Welcome back to Deliver Me a Podcast, part of the Hallmarkies Podcast Network. I am your co-host today, Casey, aka Hallmark My Words, and I am joined here with lovely ladies. And we have Cami. Say hello. Hi, Cami Clements, aka Hooked Hardy, aka Very Loving Postable. <laughs> and we have Jess. Hey, everybody. And we also have a very special guest. She is your best postable friend on the interwebs and ours, Amanda. Thanks for joining us today. Hi. So Amanda, could you tell us a little bit about how you got, um, how you discovered Sign Seal Delivered? That's something we always like to ask. Uh, yeah, my aunt actually had discovered Sign Seal Delivered when it originally started. And I hadn't. And a couple of years had passed and she actually kept telling me I needed to watch. And I didn't. And she bought me the DVDs and gave them to me. And they sat around for a bit. And then finally I sat down and I watched For Christmas was the first one that I saw. Because I, she hadn't given me the series. She gave me the movies, a few of the movies. And so I watched For Christmas and I loved it. I was like, oh, this is the best thing I've ever seen. I need to find out how it started. So I actually went back and got my hands on the series and started from the very beginning. And from the pilot episode, I just, I totally fell in love with that story. Um, you know, it, it follows the, the story of, of a young lady who has um, Hodgkin's lymphoma. And I actually had Hodgkin's lymphoma when I was 16. Mm-hmm. So that story really hit home for me because it's not a type of cancer that you normally see on TV and it was really cool to see a young woman kind of go through that, how it kind of changes you and come out of it on the other side stronger and uh, all of that. So I, I, that was, that was really what got me completely hooked. Wow. That's so, that's so cool. And I love the fact that your aunt was like a postal evangelistic postable before it was a thing, right? (laughs) Yeah. That's so funny. And then you also run the Facebook group too. I do. Yeah. I'm an admin on, on one of the face on the, the Facebook page. Um, it's going great. We've doubled in size in the last couple of years. Um, we're over 10,000 members now and Whoa. So, yeah, yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. That's so exciting. And then I know also too, um, there's been a bunch of like postable meetups across the country. Are you responsible for putting those together? I think there was one, um, in Florida, there was um, actually Last fall? Um, mm-hmm, in November. Um, the, ori- the original one that I went to, I was in at the original one was in New Jersey, and I didn't go to that one. But I, I was lucky enough to go to California for the meetup that we did for Home and Family, and um, myself and I think there was about twenty others of us met in California, and we had a luncheon with Martha Williamson. And oh, what a sacrifice! Yes, I, <laughs> I would have died. <laughs> Oh man. He didn't know that Martha was going to be there. We knew that Crystal, um, (laughs) yes. And, um, Kristen were going to be there for the show and we knew that we were going to have lunch afterwards, but we had no idea that Martha was going to be there. So we were sitting in the audience at home and family and all of a sudden Martha walks out and we were all just like, are you kidding? (laughs) Like, I mean, what do you, what do you even do? And, um, and so she came out and introduced herself and she was so sweet. And we kind of thought that was going to be end of our time with her we moved over to our luncheon and she was actually the one there greeting us as we walked in the door. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, I opened the door to this, 
beautiful luncheon and there she is standing there and hi I'm <laughs> like you know, and I, it, it, uh, just the kindest most generous soul I've ever met so so sweet and she brought a bunch of her friends from um, the TV community and they had lunch with us too and just answered any question I mean it was it was a dream it was it was magical wow so and then that was followed up by the the second meeting in um, Florida somebody had they, they wanted to plan a fall meetup last year and I was not going to be able to go because of going to the California trip. And somebody was like, well, let's go to Florida. And I was like, really? Florida? Like, there's nothing to do here, especially where I live in Florida. And um, they were like, yeah, no, let's do it. And so all the ladies came down here and I think we had close to 20 of us again and, uh, and spent a long weekend together and just talking science is delivered and hanging out. It was wonderful. That's awesome. And Jess, that's how you met Amanda, right? Yes, Last that, that was my first down. meetup. And I, I took a friend with me because, you know, meeting strangers from the internet. And I, <laughs> I would tell people, they're like, what? I'm like, no, it's like real. <laughs> Can I just say something crazy? <laughs> I, I know. It's like, it's crazy that you would go and meet people you don't know from like the internet because of a show. But it's like, Everyone I met, I feel like was exactly like their online personality. Like they matched who they were. Like you felt like you already knew them because you did. And then like now there's just a face there. But like everyone is pretty like true to who they were online, I think, yeah. as well. So it was really, really fun. Yeah. That's so can cool. I, can I just say on that note, I have never had the pleasure of being in a postables gathering, but last not this past december but the one before that so about a year and a half ago i had i was in the hospital at the beginning of december with emergency hernia surgery and my best friend had tweeted out to the hardies and the postables hey everybody please send my dear friend cammy get well wishes uh, she's in the hospital for emergency hernia surgery and i said oh you're such a sweetheart and Kristen came on and said, get well soon. And a couple of other people. And then um, the night that Eric's uh, movie premiered, Welcome to Christmas, I was still in the hospital. I was getting so stir crazy and restless. And I just said, okay, I'm giving up. I'm turning on the Hallmark movie. And I started to live tweet. And Amanda comes on and says, I'm so happy that you're here. How are you feeling? And I said, oh my gosh, you remember that? <laughs> and she said, of course I do. And are you doing better? I was like, yes, I am. Thank you. <laughs> so that was my first big time interaction with Amanda. So I can personally vouch for the fact that she matches her personality perfectly. <laughs> So sweet. And yeah, it's been so fun because I think I, I started when I started watching it, I think I just tweeted it out there, postable, hashtag postables, and like all of a sudden they started popping up. <laughs> yeah. So, Same. so fun. <laughs> like you put the hashtag and then they're like, they're just there. They just explore you, but in like a loving way. <laughs> right. It's so fun. All right. So we are going to get into the episode recap and we are recapping the treasure box, which is personally one of my favorites in the the tv series um outside of like the 45 minute episode series the whole the movies i mean that's a whole nother ball game but 
the treasure box. <laughs> All right. So we are starting off with the Post Bulls have just received their Dark of Night Award and Rita is prepping for Miss Special Delivery Colorado. She is Miss Denver Main Branch. And they discover a piece of mail and it is a puzzle box. So I have a question for y'all. Have you guys ever played with, done a puzzle box before? Never. In a game? <laughs> Not in real life. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I haven't either, but I've seen them done and it's very, you have to have a very intricate brain for that, I feel like because how Norman was just like I was about to say why do you think it's Norman who figures it out <laughs> I mean uh, circles and triangles on uh, and carved in a box I would be like I don't know there are 16 circles here so I guess maybe like knock on it 16 times I don't know <laughs> so <laughs> that is just that's just me I'm sure there are many others much smarter people out there than I am but um Cammie did you need to say did you want to say something oh I just wanted to point out that Oliver is busy polishing the dark of night awards while the other three they're working you know (laughs) (laughs) so we got Mr. Vanity over here polishing his dark of night award (laughs) no cleanliness is next to godliness it's very important that's right right. my my mistake Way to call her out on that, Amanda. <laughs> no, nah, I still hold to it. <laughs> He's polishing his award going, yay, and everybody else is working. <laughs> so Norman cracks, well, he doesn't physically break it open, but he cracks the code and he opens one compartment of the box and he discovers that there is a key to a safety deposit box. So... Of course, they go back and they discover it's, you know, they discover the bank and all this good stuff. And Shane and Oliver decide they are going to go to the bank and retrieve what's in the, the um, safety deposit box while Rita gets ready for her, her um, pageant. Is it real? It's, is it a pageant? We call yeah, it a pageant? I think okay. so, yeah. Because it's kind of like a pageant question quiz thing. I don't know. I think of Miss USA. But anyways... Rita and Norman are left behind so they can get ready for the pageant and everything. Um, And so Shane and Oliver go to the bank together. And of course, our hearts are thrilled because we love Shane and Oliver together alone. (laughs) With Jason. Um, With Jason. With Jason. Oh, but before we get to that. Party connection. Jason, he was in season one. He was in season one of One Calls the Heart. He was part of the Tolliver gang. Oh, interesting. Hmm. My mind has been blown. But before we get to Jason. That blew your mind. <laughs> yes. For, you know, effect. <laughs> um, so before we get to Jason, however, let's talk about another small child character named ryan so (laughs) did okay so you so cammy amanda y'all are mothers of multiple children have you guys ever had a moment in public where a child is just acting up like mischievous (laughs) any (laughs) any funny stories y'all want to share about a ryan incident in your life that you can relate to I know I'm putting y'all on the spot. 
could have told me. Sorry. <laughs> I don't think my kids have ever been that bad in public. Yeah. Feeling ever pulled the fire alarm? Pulled the fire alarm. Yeah, we've never gone down that road. Well, that's good. <laughs> that's good. Yeah, I don't. I don't think anybody's ever. Yeah, nobody's ever done anything that serious. I mean, they've they've colored on the chalkboard at church and wouldn't come when I called or they, uh, yeah, or, or they would act, they, they would act really, really bratty towards me when we were in public and I would, and we would get home and I would say, excuse me, how were you talking to me when we had company or when we were out there in front of all of those mm -hmm. people and they would get all sheepish yeah. and all of that. But yeah, it's it's never been that bad. So <laughs> thankfully, typical kid stuff. Me too. My girls have done the typical kid stuff. Like we went to a opening of a Smoothie King, and my daughter got a hold of a pen and started writing on the seat, and I felt so bad. But then they were cool. The owner was like, "Oh, I have a little child. You know, I have a little son or daughter about that age. They would have totally done it too." But I was highly mortified. Um, but yeah, typical kid stuff. But not sneaking under someone's desk and reaching up to get the chocolate and hiding under the desk again. And this poor mother is trying to look for Ryan, and you could see Shane. And I thought it was so funny and so cleverly done, the angle of the camera. So there, the camera is facing Shane and Oliver. And you can see Ryan's hand mm -hmm. grab the thing of chocolates. And Shane's giving him the side eye, like, <laughs> the glare. <laughs> <laughs> so Jason, oh, bless Jason's heart in the most Southern way possible. If I could be Caroline, <laughs> our dear Caroline, and say... Bless his heart. I totally would. Jason uh. takes Oliver and Shane down to the vault that holds the safety deposit box um, as Ryan is hiding from his mother. So Shane and Oliver are now in the safety deposit box downstairs. Ryan's upstairs running amok, doing shenanigans, <laughs> eating all the chocolate. And he does the unthinkable, which is pulling Pull the, the fire alarm. <laughs> I wanna I wanna see a bank vault if that's that's that fancy because I've worked at a bank before and they are not it is not like that. <laughs> I'm like I had a hotel that had a bank vault downstairs like that that was an old bank vault that got turned into a bar. Oh and it looks just like that. It's super cool. The wow. vault. The vault turned yes. into, into into an entire bar. Yes. In a hotel lobby. I want to go to that bar. Yeah, it's super <laughs> cool. Wow. That's super impressive. Maybe it's like an architectural thing from that time period. It must be, yeah, because I don't think any modern banks have anything like that. And on that, it's a good thing that Jason is such an airhead because they should have never been allowed to see the contents of that box. <laughs> <laughs> it's so um, true. Disclaimer, this is fictional, right? <laughs> they put We're it at the end. We are suspending Gotta have my old teller knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> so the alarm causes the bank vault to shut as Shane is just standing there going, no, 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 no. That's exactly how she said it, too. <laughs> I know, right? And of course, they try to get out. Oliver calls the desk 
and who answers Ugh! ryan <laughs> answers and then leaves the phone off the hook and leaves them stranded in the bank vault and shane at this point is not only is she panicked but she is fed up with jason um in his his specialness <laughs> um and I think, I think it's really interesting that we basically have two men at opposite ends of the scale. We've got Mr. Knowledge over here that has so much knowledge that he just starts to kind of spout it off sometimes. Not quite as bad as Norman, but we've got Mr. Educated, Mr. Knowledge, Mr. Boring. Sorry, Oliver, but you know, just we. <laughs> Amanda's looking at me very horrified. (laughs) What was that? That's not okay. You can't say that. (laughs) You know what? I love watching Oliver. I love watching Oliver and Shane, but I don't think I personally could ever fall in love with Oliver. (laughs) Not, not the, not the original version of him. The, you know, the one that gets a little more loosened up after Shane enters his life, but the original Oliver, mm -mm, I, I don't think I personally know couldn't do it uh but so we've got mr knowledge over here and then we've got mr airhead over here so we've got a juxtaposition of two opposite ends of the scale and Mm -hmm. it's just i i never thought about it until just this second that that is what's happening and it's a really interesting dynamic yeah for sure and we'll get into a little bit about oliver's character later too because i feel like this is also another we see a different side of oliver in this episode for sure just, or just sure. say it, say it, say it, say it. This but, is the episode where oh, where Oliver flirts for the first time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> well, this, we're getting there. <laughs> this is the one. This is the one because it changes it. This is the one where he flirts with her for the first time. D. Okay. 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 Uh, do we want to go there? Because I don't see it. <laughs> Amanda, do you see it in I, this episode? No, I don't. I don't know that he's exactly flirting. I think it's easy to try to feel like he's flirting because of the flashbacks. The flashbacks definitely add to the romance in that moment, mm-hmm. but they don't see those flashbacks. At least, not they don't know that each other is thinking those things. So I don't know that it's exactly the intent of what's going on there. Especially since he's also just written his wife a letter. So yeah. I don't know that his mind is exactly there when he's in the middle of writing holly you know but i mean he definitely cares for her and you can tell in that moment that he doesn't want her to be scared and he definitely wants her to feel comforted by him but i don't know if flirting is exactly right well, there's the one time well, what did he say kimmy that when he looked right at her i forget the, the line are you talking about the carburetor because that's the, that's the first time when he if, looks right at her and he says something that's kind of like and you will it. you marry me yeah <laughs> he looks right at her but no but the first time the, the first time that he the first time that he flirts with her is when she's playing the word game with him and uh and she says a word and he says the first thing that pops into his head and she says car and he says berater and she said and she laughs and says that's a norman answer and he goes i know and then he kind of stops himself so he maybe maybe he started more playful than intentionally flirtatious but yes i don't think it was i don't know it i i have i will not argue that at all he was not intending to flirt but he started flirting with her and then he stopped 
fucked himself. It was so. neat levity. It was, yeah, you just go ahead and justify it all well, you want, Amanda. No, I mean, I don't, I don't see that as flirting. I, I saw that oh, more I do. of, I don't, because I was just, he was so, he was already, he was in the middle of writing the letter and Shane is pestering, pestering him to play the game. And I felt like his answer was just kind of like a smart aleck answer to, because he can be kind of snarky. And so I felt like it was his way of kind of being snarky, kind of being like, get off my back about this dumb game. And I, I kind of felt like too, because remember in the last two episodes ago, I believe it was, he was reading that book, how to get back into fun or something like that. How to that. get the fun back. How to get the fun back or whatever. And so I feel like that was his way of trying to. He needed a sense of humor. So he's yeah. trying, he has one now. Yeah. That's kind of how I read it. <laughs> yeah, <but> your face. <laughs> <laughs> you guys go ahead and think that. I, I mean, <laughs> I think you can see it both ways, but I guess too, like when I think about it, like if that had been Rita, I don't know if he would have said things the same way. Nuh-uh. Like if you replace it, it's a little different, but I mean, I, I see it a little more playful, I guess. Yeah. That yeah. It, I don't consider, he, I don't think he's intending to flirt. Cause like you said, he did, had just written that letter to Holly and he's, he's still a man as he continually tells us, um, and cannot do anything about it. So, but yeah. it was definitely a more playful borderline. Yeah kind of but yeah and then when he's reading when he's reading the letter he doesn't even read it he looks straight at shane and says will you marry me and like so we're gonna we're gonna get to that i know i know i'm sorry i'm sorry but i will say real quick on the note of what jess said about would oliver have said that to rita would you talk to your little sister the same way you talk to your best friend and so in my opinion, no, he probably wouldn't have said that to Rita, but she's like a little sister to him, whereas Shane has is becoming like a very close best friend to him. And so he's going to banter with her differently than he would banter with, say, Norman or Rita, because he looks to them like, well, first they were his employees. So there's like that, you know, line that he has never crossed. And I'm sure it's hard for him to, you know, move that way towards friendship because he's so black and white shane has just come in here and she's broken all the rules for oliver and because of that there's that relationship where they're constantly at each other's odds but they're also becoming a close they're becoming close you know mm-hmm. so that's kind of how i justified the that's that's my my um my response to you <laughs> Jess. like an intense debate <laughs> That's my rebuttal. That's the word I was okay, thinking of. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we kind of discover that Oliver has a sense of humor, as we noticed from the car berator answer. And He's getting we, the fun back. He's getting Flirty. the fun back. <clears throat> Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> he was a child at you one point. <laughs> oh, you know what? We're going to put a poll. Remind me later. We're going to put a poll. We Post-a-bulls. are going to put a poll. <laughs> Postables. Was that flirting Oliver? Let the us most know. highly debated thing of 2020. Most highly debated thing. <laughs> you know what? If that's the highly debated thing of 2020, then that will make this whole year just be so much better. <laughs> All right. So they're playing the game. Christmas. Or Shane says Christmas. He says Holly. And Shane is like, the plants are your wife. And he doesn't answer. And we see he's writing to said holly oh that's a hard one all right we're gonna move back to rita and norman (laughs) 
get off the topic before Casey <laughs> goes somewhere. <laughs> Rita, sweet, sweet Rita and Norman. Norman is trying to figure out how to tie his tie and Rita is like, let me help you. Just kidding. I can't. <laughs> and so they are getting ready to go to the reception and the, um, the, the pageant. And so Rita has a great idea. She knows that somebody else can tie the tie. She's thinking Oliver. They can't find Oliver or Shane because, well, they don't know it, but we know they're locked in the bank vault. But lo and behold, there is our dear friend, the man who does it all, Ramon. <laughs> he ties Ramon Norman's tie. And I, and I love when Rita's like, this is my Norman. <laughs> I mean, not my Norman, but you know. <laughs> this is my coworker, Norman. <laughs> this is my coworker. This is Norman. <laughs> and you gotta love, you gotta love Rita and Norman's like they're so innocent still and they're still so awkward. I just love it. What do you guys think about Norman and Rita's relationship in this moment? Because it's definitely growing since you know beginning they're at least talking to each other and they're comfortable being together whereas before i mean episode one they were very like at least rita was very you know <laughs> very nervous and like <laughs> squirrely about and it and norman was just kind of like i'm gonna pretend i'm so aloof right now and i am <laughs> aloof and isn't this the first time that um norman really interacts with ramon a little bit because it isn't like the first time he's just a little jealous it's the first time they meet, so you can, and I, you can kind of see him like. Oh, I think like, he, I think he's more in the, shock. I think he's more in shock by by Ramon than anything. Just you know that he gets flipped in the face by the tie constantly, just boom, boom, boom. <laughs> I think I can see a little jealousy because I think he can kind of see oh, how he's like Ramon, you know, and and all that. But yeah, they're they're adorable. They are precious. <laughs> I want to, I want to know what Amanda thinks. <laughs> Ramon is a lot, I think, for anybody to take in. So that moment was hysterical because she was already super nervous about their little interaction and coming together and everything. And then he kind of comes in there and his huge personality just kind of knocks everyone over. And he ties the tie and says something like, or, or she says something like, wow, I've never seen anyone tie a tie like that. And he goes, of course not. Like, <laughs> so self-assured. <laughs> Norman's just sitting there going, I don't know what's happening. <laughs> As Norman does. Like, he's so smart. But when things are going on, he just gets so overwhelmed. And I think when it comes to Rita, he gets even more overwhelmed. So that whole mm -hmm. experience was just a lot. But he's yeah. so cute. I love Norman. He's so sweet. He's you just want to like give him a hug, you know. He's like a, a huggable teddy bear. Norman's so like cute. Like creature. <laughs> I want to pat him on the head. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay, sweetie. It's going to be okay. <laughs> Jason, you don't do that to Norman. Oh no, Jason, I go, okay, get, yeah, you're good. Go. <laughs> Two very different sentiments, one gesture. You know? <laughs> <laughs> So speaking of Jason, Shane and Oliver are given the opportunity to open the box and they find that there are more letters in there. So they wrangle Jason into, help, well, giving him something to do. 
essentially. They tried to teach him something. I think, Oliver, teach- I think Oliver says maybe we could instruct him. Yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> so the letter yeah, and there's a there there are a bundle of letters in the safety deposit box that they've opened and whatnot. And the first one is dated January 2nd, 08. All right, I have to know, upon your first time viewing this, did you guys think it was turn of the century 1908 mm-hmm. or nope. 2008? 2008. 2008. Yeah. 2008. Yeah. I even remember saying, oh, that's the year I got married. You know, so it's just, I mean, there was no doubt about it. Even going, even listening to the letters read back and forth? No. 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 Not a single clue. <laughs> so I was the same, except for when we got a glimpse of the letter in the handwriting. That one, when I saw the letter, and when I saw the handwriting, I thought... That looks like an old person's handwriting. Like, it looked old to me because, um, okay, super weird. I've studied, like, cursive and, like, all that stuff, and it just reminded me of something from, like, way back. It didn't look like modern handwriting as, like, some how people would write today. And, I mean, I've seen a lot of – that's a different thing. But it just kind of threw me for a second there. But I was still under the impression it was 2008. It's just the handwriting really threw me off. And maybe well, that's just is, me. Casey is more perceptive and smarter than <laughs> we are. <laughs> hey, I didn't call it. I did not call it. But there were, there were some, some things they would mention. And I'm like, well, that's cute. But 2008, like I was very confused about why it seemed so old to me. I think that was, and like the train. I think there was a mention of a train that he was going to go see her. Or, or he, my, hears a, he hears a train whistle. Yeah. And that was another thing. Cause I'm like, you don't really hear that very often. Like the whistle. I hear trains well, and I hear the things going up and down and whatnot, but we lived near a train and I, I used to hear the whistle when I grew up. Yeah. So it was like that outdated, but. <laughs> well, I mean, I hear, when I think of whistle, I think of like Thomas the Tank Engine. <laughs> <laughs> like whoo, whoo. And so I'm like, rah, rah, like from modern trains, but whatever. <laughs> this episode is going to get a whole lot of my like, you know, sound effects, I guess. <laughs> All right. Anyways, moving on. Jason, Oliver, and Shane ask Jason, what have we learned? And he says, well, we got an ugly chick named Catherine and some guy named Providence. <laughs> The eye roll was so strong from Shane after that statement. Oh, man. I like, I died. Especially when he was like in some guy named Providence. And I'm like, (laughs) what? I just want to slap him upside the head. Just like, will you wake up? (laughs) (laughs) And then uh, Jason, he is hungry and needs a nap. So we. So I question that because he said he always naps after lunch. Who naps at work? Him. Jason. <laughs> That's true. Do you go to nap after lunch? Like, <laughs> where, where is he napping? Is he going to the vault daily to sleep? <laughs> He's got a little corner in the break room. <laughs> it's like a toddler. <laughs> He's very comfortable sleeping in that corner, which normal people would not be able to sleep like that. Oh, no. He's not a normal person. <laughs> 
Oh, yeah, that's a good that's a good point because that's a hard I'm sure it's hard for cold yeah. sitting upright apparently out of oxygen according to him because yeah. <laughs> yes. he's the most trustworthy source of that information <laughs> yes Jason was the one that said that there are when once a vault seals it can't be open for probably definitely maybe probably definitely 12 hours <laughs> And that there's 13 hours of breathing divided by three people, four hours and 20 minutes of air, but Jason's air is debatable. Yeah. So. <laughs> it's Snarky Oliver. <laughs> snarky Oliver. So Oliver and Shane. No, Shane r- says that. Shane, uh, really? Shane says Oliver. No, he says there's four hours, 20 minutes between the three of us. Because there are three of us breathing, and Shane says, well, that's, well, that's debatable. debatable. Mm-hmm. All right, Snarky Shane. Not bad. <laughs> <laughs> I love both snarky versions of them. Yes. I love Stark. So um, Oliver and Shane decide they are going to take the letters, and they're going to alternate reading the letters. Um, and at first, I mean, it makes sense. There's a whole stack of them there, and you're just going to pick one, and why should one person read them all? But it turns out that these letters are love letters from Jonathan and Catherine and Oliver ends up reading Jonathan's letters and Shane ends up reading Catherine's letters. And it's just the two of them in the vault. How convenient. How convenient indeed. Now have to ask y'all listening to these letters and these heartfelt sentiments. I mean, did you just like melt and die? I, I don't know how Martha Williamson does it. Like, Wow. Thoughts, comments. Martha is absolutely genius with everything she writes, and the intent in the way she words things is absolutely beautiful, and those letters are no exception. Like, it was so well done, and the way the scene was shot, scenes were shot, and the flashbacks that they mixed in that kind of showcased those similar moments in the Shane and Oliver relationship. It's beautiful. And it's just so amazing that she can take her voice and manipulate it into Jonathan's voice and then into Catherine's voice and still keep like that same tone and that feel. And, but it's, it's like, it's not her writing. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is obviously her writing, but this, she's, she can do so many voices and that's so much talent too. Yeah. Go ahead, Cammie. Like- <laughs> <laughs> um, when it showed the two of them dancing and both of them saying, why did I let you go? Uh, I've said this, I've said this many times and this is no exception, but when they are, when it shows the flashback of them, when it shows the flashback of them dancing and just staring at each other and then you hear both of their voices saying why did i let you go why did i let you go and i just you you had to mop me up (laughs) i was i was a puddle on the floor and just and just the back and forth back and forth the way there that scene could have been so boring mm-hmm. if it had been done incorrectly. You got two people sitting at a desk. Maybe one of them gets up to move around 
and they're reading off of pieces of paper. That could have been so boring if it had been done incorrectly, but mm -hmm. you are sitting at the edge of your seat wondering what they're going to say next. And they're just going back and forth, back and forth. And you are taking this journey with the two of them and you're falling in love right along with them. And it's just, ah, oh, it was so, so beautiful. Yeah. It, re it reminded me of when I was a teenager. I had, I met a guy in Houston when I was visiting my brother and, uh, and he and I met pretty briefly, but we were attracted to each other and we corresponded through emails for months months. And every once in a while, we'd go and visit my brother in Houston. Again. Actually, I had two brothers in Houston at the time, but every once in a while, we'd go and visit and I'd get to see him and we'd visit and all of that. But I mean, we basically had a letter relationship mm -hmm. and it's just, so that was kind of sweet because it was kind of nostalgic for me. Uh, but, and it just, I, I know from personal experience that it can happen. You can fall in love with somebody through letters and mm -hmm. just, oh my gosh, <laughs> just, yeah. everything was just so beautiful, so eloquent and so genuine. Mm -hmm. and, yeah. 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 And I have that quote here. There's nothing crazy about falling in love when something tells you against all common sense that you have found the one you've been waiting for all or the one I've been waiting for all my life. Why did I let you go? Oh. Gosh, <laughs> And kind of backing on some of that, like that's the genius of Martha is that she makes every word count. Like mm -hmm. it's not, there's no, there's no fluff in there. You know, it, it's either funny or moving or whatever. And, you know, Cammie gives me flack about this all the time that I am not a romantic. Um, but this scene does move me. It does not make me a puddle on the floor. I'm not that far. But, you know, even someone like myself who's not, you know, not a romantic that's the genius of Martha. She can make me feel moved and, and get a little misty eyed. And we were watching, we were watching it. We were watching it together. We had our phones on messenger video and then we're watching it both on our own devices. And I looked at my phone and I said, you're getting misty eyed. You're getting misty eyed. I totally called her out. <laughs> I think Martha has made me cry more than the entire things I've seen in my whole life, like combined, like the, the entire sum of movies that have made me cry is like this big. Science of Delivered made me cry a lot. <laughs> so yeah. that tells you something right there. Yeah. And I'm in the middle. I, I'm in the middle of Cammie and Jess. <laughs> One of my favorite parts of California was we watched To the Altar with Martha and, oh my word. <laughs> and Kristen before it, it premiered. Mm -hmm. And I was at a benefit because I actually had written a review for that. So I had watched it already. So I got the beautiful insight of already knowing what it looked like. So I could watch everybody else watch it, which was just magical. And, you know, you, you get to some of these scenes and Kristen, who made the movie, is sobbing, so moved by the work <laughs> that they had done. Those scenes are so beautiful, even though she knows it's coming. Mm -hmm. She was still crying at the table watching it with us, you know? And it was amazing just why, I mean, not a dry eye. You sit there and you, it's a room full of women and they're all just sobbing at Martha's work, you know? And like for Martha to be sitting there while we're all just, you know, just 
Oh, it was wonderful. Did you cry too? Did you cry too, Amanda? And I had seen it a billion times already. <laughs> now, the real question is, was Martha crying? Or is Martha like a stone face and everyone's like falling apart around her? I did not see Martha cry. But she was enjoying taking it all in. I think yeah. she was doing the same thing I was doing. Just like watching everyone take it in. Because it's just, it's so cool to watch other people experience Science Seal Delivered for the first time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And I think too, that's a special thing for, you know, the actors to see it in full, because when you're doing a scene and you're in it, you know, like, obviously, you know what's going on, but like taking a step back and seeing the whole thing is amazing. And just putting all the pieces together. Plus, I'm sure they shot that months and months before. So, I mean, and think about all the takes and the bloopers and all that stuff. So just seeing one completed picture is fantastic and interesting too with the, with the with the letter reading to each other typically in my mind usually sign seal delivered would would have done the flashbacks so shane is reading about john or um oliver's reading about jonathan and Catherine meeting the first time typically in traditional sign seal delivered sense you would have that flashback. We would see Jonathan and Catherine meeting at Times Square. We would see the ball dropping. We don't see any of that. And it's left to our own imaginations. And, you know, we don't need to see it because, first of all, the writing's fantastic. We can already picture it. But then it's also like, it's kind of like a aha moment. Like this, this is more, this letter story is more than the letters. And I think that is absolutely brilliant. And it's not something that somebody would notice the first time as a newbie postable, but when you're watching it again and again, you pick up on these things like, oh, this is like a pivotal, pivotal moment. So we're watching them begin to fall in love. Yes. We're, we're watching them begin to fall in love. Against their common sense. <laughs> so speaking of falling in love, there are three letters left. And they decide they're going to each read, you know, take turns reading again. And this is the, again, back to the debatable question. Oliver reads the final letter from Jonathan. Well, it's the first set, whatever. You all know what I'm talking about. Um, And Jonathan is pouring his heart out to Catherine. And it's so beautiful. And he asks her, will you marry me? Read by Oliver. And he does, he obviously had known it was coming and he looks straight at Shane and says, will you marry me? And Shane is a puddle, like a physical puddle. She's not there. You'll just see, you know, a bunch of water on the desk. Like she just melts kind of like, you know. (laughs) She's frosty. (laughs) (laughs) But she is completely moved. And throughout this reading process, we'd alluded to it, you know, before, that as they're reading to each other, they're thinking, we see their thoughts. We see Shane is remembering the first time, you know, her, her first interactions with Oliver. And then we see Oliver also having some, you know, memories and stuff of Shane. And it's like this conflict in both their minds because they can't be together. Oliver is married. Like, and he just wrote a letter to Holly and he's married. There's like, you can't do anything. Like it would be wrong on so many levels for them to, you know, acknowledge their feelings towards one another because they can't, because they're, because Oliver is a very straight laced person. He's very faithful. He is a gentleman. So he says, will you marry me to Shane? 
via Jonathan's <laughs> <Wink>. words. <laughs> what do y'all think about that? That's a lot. <laughs> it's a lot of emotion right there. <laughs> ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> I think that constantly comes back whenever we do any type of postables poll as what's your favorite moment in the series. Um, mm -hmm. That moment, you know, the entire bank scene tends to come back as, as a favorite scene. And, and I think a lot of it is because of that moment. It kind of leads to this moment of both of them saying things that they wouldn't be able to say if it were the two of them, you know, like he can't say that to her, but he gets to get it off of his tongue completely innocently. <laughs> she gets to feel it completely innocently. Um, and, and as an audience, we get that moment without any indiscretion like there is completely innocently <laughs> no impropriety and there is a collective postables puddle at that moment you know i think every woman that watched that other than maybe jess went <laughs> she had the mop yeah i was cleaning everybody up. she, she had the mop and her, and, and her mistiness was adding to the puddles <laughs> she flicks away as we all just fall to the ground <laughs> She's like patting all the rest of our head. She's like, they're there. It'll be okay. <laughs> We're all just like, you know, what do you do? What do you do with that? It's a lot. It's a very heavy scene. Mm -hmm. For mm -hmm. sure. Yeah, the whole, the whole thing is very emotionally charged. And it kind of goes back to what we've been saying. It's just that writing that you can, you just got two people in a vault reading letters and people, everyone's on the edge of their seat. Like, it's so charged and yeah. so emotive and all of that and yeah. i think that the other thing that makes it so emotionally charged is this in their minds could be the last thing that they do mm -hmm. if help doesn't arrive and so they are taking this journey and we already know that shane becomes emotionally invested with every letter that they <laughs> that they go through and discover but this time she's triply invested mm -hmm. because it is the last thing that she thinks she's going to do possibly. Mm -hmm. And she has taken this journey with Oliver. So she loves hearing the story like she always does. And she's done this with Oliver. And if the letters end, if she stops if Catherine stopped breathing is Shane going to stop breathing mm -hmm. so her emotions are very tied to this letter because it's almost as if she thinks if Catherine died then I'm gonna die mm -hmm. and then and then she's there with Oliver and she's losing it in front of him which we do I this is the first time that we've seen her lose it in front of Oliver. She's, yeah. be she's become emotional. She's, but, you know, but she, a lot of times she's held it in with snarkiness or just kind of stonewalled it a little bit. And she's totally vulnerable. She, she lets her wall down. Yes. Yeah. Completely mm -hmm. vulnerable. She loses it. She loses it right there in front of him. And so much so that he calls her Shane three times so you you know you you know that he mm -hmm. knows 
how serious of a connection this is and Mm -hmm. just how carefully he needs to tread with her heart because her heart is very much on the line right now. Right. For sure. And is this the first time since the pilot that he's called her Shane? Yes. I believe so. Pretty, pretty certain that she, that he has not called her Shane yet at this point. I I'm watching stuff out of order. And so (laughs) I'm (laughs) getting, I have to to kind of remind myself, but I'm almost certain. Mm -hmm. I am almost certain that this is the first time that he calls her Shane since come back Shane. (laughs) (laughs) And my dear Shane. Oh yes. My dear Shane. Yes. Um, Yes. So the second letter is from a friend of Catherine who informs Jonathan that she is contracted a rare form of pneumonia. And then the final, final letter, and this is when we discover the true, like the first and last name of the letter writer, Jonathan, he writes to Catherine's friend, letting him know he is on his way. He will be there. And if he doesn't make it in time, tell her that he loves her and all of these wonderful, beautiful words. If you've never seen this episode, which by the way, pause, go watch it and come back. Um, <laughs> I but, hope that they don't listen to this until they've seen it. You, know, right? you never know. This might be an, a gateway, a gateway to the postables. Um, and so we find out that it is from Jonathan Walker and this is the moment that Shane panics. Is there another letter? She, she gets, she's very invested. Oliver calls her Shane three times. Shane is sobbing and he holds her. He like goes over and he wraps his arm around her and he hugs her. He is comforting her. And that moment too is just so beautiful because there's nothing inappropriate about that moment. Like it was so delicate and gentle the way he was like comforting her as though she had, she had like lost her best friend, you know, it was just such a beautiful moment portrayed by Kristen and Eric. There is, there is such power. I've, I've really come to notice this. There is such power in those two little words. Come here. Mm -hmm. I, I've really started to track how emotionally charged those words are when I see them in other films and other TV shows. And I tell you, <laughs> you would never think that the words come here would get your heart racing, but they do. <laughs> it is so amazing how much those two words, and they're so simple really, it's so amazing how much they mean and how much feeling can be put behind then when you have the context mm. it's just wow <laughs> the words or is it the epic hugs that follow oh mm. you know what it leads to a really nice hug I, yeah i i think it's a combination <laughs> Because the hug is not going to mean much if the words are not emotionally charged, if they're not said correctly. So, but I definitely think it's a combination of the two because also by the same token, if the hug falls flat, then the words fall flat as well. So, but it's amazing how much writers use those two words (laughs) to get us really going, you know? 
<laughs> for sure. <sighs> All right. Well, we have racing just thinking about it. <laughs> I was going to say, we have experienced a lot of emotion here, ups and downs and hearts and puddles. Let's get to something more fun. So, the Norman, <laughs> actually, before they get to the pageant, they have to get let out of the, the vault. Oh and Norman, goodness. obviously, he's like, I knew it. You guys were locked in the bank vault. And the security guard can't believe it. And Rita lets them know that there's plenty of ventilation because the vault is climate controlled. And it's all okay because Norman has a cousin for everything. <laughs> I love how they said, he has a cousin. He has a cousin. You <laughs> Can we talk about Rita's 60 hairdo? I mean, she's got such a 1960s hairdo going on there. It was, and even a 1960s necklace. It just, I went, wow, that whole ensemble screams 1965. <laughs> Her whole style across the entire series is a bit 1960s, though. She mm -hmm. kind of, I, I feel like she has kind of an old school feel. It just like her, yeah, she's an old school soul, too. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like she belongs in that era. Yeah, because she's got those really cute A-line dresses that are yeah. just like, woof. And her cute um, little glasses. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but With the I, cardigan, I, so cute. I don't know. I don't know. For some reason, it didn't, it it didn't seem as out of place. But when I yeah. saw that, when I saw that ensemble, I went, whoa, hello, beehive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she was very Jackie O in that moment. Like, very, that outfit. Very, very classy. Very, very classy. So Jonathan and Catherine, um, going back to them real quick, Shane and Oliver de deliver it to Jonathan Walker and they hear arguing and they're kind of like, ooh, what's that? Um, and so... Jonathan Walker appears. We find out he is Jonathan Walker the fourth, and this box had actually belonged to his great grandfather, and he thought he'd never read the letters. So we have a happy ending with the bow on top, and Shane and Oliver encourage them to read the letters to each other, which is perfect timing because they were arguing. So, you know, fall in love again, you two. <laughs> and then finally, the pageant. Rita is doing the pageant. She has one last question. 13 modes of transportation. She says 12. And this is when everybody's hearts are beating. Shane's heart is beating out of her chest. And she grabs both Oliver and Norman's hand. And do that both... thing you do. Yeah. <laughs> like, do seriously? You do. Who says it like that? Who calls <laughs> praying? Do that thing you do. <laughs> I mean, who calls that guy Providence? <laughs> oh, gosh. Hey, Providence. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh. oh. <laughs> Lightning is going to come and strike our computers. <laughs> and the, the 13th one is mules. And that was something that had been mentioned in a previous episode about the mules. So everything kind of ties together. She wins the pageant. They start singing Miss Special Delivery. Everybody's proud. The balloons are coming down. The confetti's going off. And everyone's so happy for dear Rita. End scene. That's <laughs> <laughs> really how it ended. How, it, it, one quick word, how would you describe this episode? Roller coaster. <laughs> <laughs> That's two words. <laughs> no, it is one. <laughs> I think it is one word, isn't it? No. Okay, I gotta go look. <laughs> well, while she's looking, Cammy. Charged. Oh, 
took mine. Sorry. Um, Dang it, I'm wrong. <laughs> what? I'm sorry, you're what? Well, you're no, what? I see it both ways. I you're see what? it both ways. I lie. No, it's uh, both ways. Uh, it's uh, both uh, right. I, I don't think so. <laughs> Give me hush. <laughs> Amanda, how would you describe this episode? Perfect. I think oh. it has a little bit of everything in it. And it, you know, they've got their, their dark moments of thinking that they're stuck in there, but they use those dark moments to create these beautiful moments and the letters are perfectly done. And then the realization that they have at the end, especially when they sat down after with um, the, the couple that they gave the letters mm -hmm. to, and they had that moment after having time to reflect and you could tell the way they looked at each other was different mm -hmm. than before they went into the vault. And this was even after they were no longer afraid for their life. Like that time meant something. So this, this episode is really like a pinnacle episode in the series. I think it, it changed a lot of things for the entire series. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Perfect. And I would say breathless since Cammy took charge because it did leave me very breathless as they were reading the choose, letters to each other. Puddle. Puddle, yeah. Puddle. <laughs> and then I can change mine to mop. <laughs> Audie, are you guys ready oh, for trivia? trivia? I always say I am, and then I always do horrible. <laughs> <laughs> All righty. I have a few questions here, so you will have time to redeem yourselves. Um, which two presidents were postmasters? Andrew Jackson, Harry Truman, and Abraham Lincoln. I mean, what did you say? I said Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> I didn't remember the second one. Lincoln and Truman. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> okay. Andrew Jackson? Jasper! The first thing popped in my head. <laughs> all right. After Oliver reminds Rita that Bing Crosby, Rock Hudson, and Walt Disney were postal workers, what Disney ride does Shane mention? It's a small world. Yes. <laughs> yeah because she, she says it is a small world it after is a all small world <laughs> <laughs> okay here's a tricky one what was the pattern norman used to open the box oh jeez <laughs> <laughs> it was like two down and something to cry i don't know <laughs> one one up two across one down? No. Well, y'all kind of. It was one up, two down, two up, three down. I got two down. <laughs> I got one up. <laughs> Quarter of a point. Amanda, did you get any of that? Nope. <laughs> Listen, my trivia questions last time I hosted were way too easy. So I was like, let's up the Annie's a little. All right. Gosh, that's what you pick? Yes. The puzzle? Oh, man. I, you know what? I thought because you're so detail oriented, I thought you were going to write that one down, <laughs> to be honest. Okay. Third question. Uh, one, two, three. Fourth question. What book did Norman, did Norman use to identify the bank? What was the name of it? I knew it. I knew it. I knew you were going to do that, and I didn't write it down. Paraphernalia. Oh, Amanda. Say it again, Amanda. A compendium of miscellaneous banking paraphernalia. Yes, you got it. <laughs> I knew you were going to do that, and I didn't write it down. I knew it. <laughs> okay, what time was the reception, and what time did the dancing start? Seven Six o'clock and eight o'clock. Yes. Six <laughs> and eight. All right. Two more. 
I gave y'all bonus questions this week because I was like, oh, full of trivia. Okay. <laughs> what was the name of the security guard that Norman talks to and he's like, he's like, oh, you guys are really down there. Cricket, cricket, cricket. <laughs> <laughs> it's Homer Finnegan. Oh, oh my gosh. Wasn't that, Amanda, was that a question on trivia when we were in Florida? I feel like we asked. <laughs> Maybe. And I believe it was probably crickets that night, too. <laughs> we should that, insert that, like. That poor actor. <laughs> he, must, <laughs> he must feel so unloved. <laughs> oh, poor thing. Bless his heart. And then final question. What was the name of the hospital that Catherine was admitted to for her rare form of pneumonia? St. Joseph's. Yes. Crushed it. <laughs> It never right. answered it. It never asked me the questions. I know the answers to. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh I knew. I knew the. I knew the box number on the safety deposit box. I did, yes, box. I did that too. <laughs> I knew all thirteen modes of postal transportation. Oh, <laughs> oh, the ones I remember. It's. <laughs> it's gonna be the running gag. It's, it's what's <laughs> the Disney ride when I've never been to Disney World or Disneyland, and I don't know what rides are there. <laughs> all righty y'all let us know if you guys knew every single one of those answers i will be so impressed and let and us I'm know at you i bet you know those ann yeah i, bet so. <laughs> I, oh, I think yeah. ann at least knew homer finnegan I bet she did. <laughs> listen and shout it out let us know if you got you know what if you listen to our podcast we have a bunch of trivia questions let us know if you get 100 percent because we, we will have we will have you on here. We will have the ultimate quiz episode. Oh man, postables. that would be something. <laughs> I'm just randomly throwing that out there. All right, y'all. It's been fun, but we need to go. So <laughs> where can people find you guys? Um, Amanda, where can people find you and where can they find the Facebook group and all that good stuff? Um, the Facebook group you can find by uh, just looking up postables in the group and it's it's just the postables fan page. And you can find me on Twitter at mandolin3183. Awesome. And then Jess, where can people find you? You can find me at JessBSW blog on both Twitter and Instagram. Uh, or check out my website, beneathstillwaters.com. Awesome. And Cammie, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Girl on Facebook, the Hooked Hardy Facebook page. And my blog is hookedhardy.com. Awesome. And, you and yes, find- I do postable stuff on the blog. <laughs> if there's a connection with the Hardys. If there's a connection. <laughs> That's right. All right. And then you can find me on Twitter at Hallmark My Words. And you can find this segment of our pod- Hallmarkies, podca- Hallmarkies Podcast Network at Deliver Me a Pod on Twitter. And we do now have an Instagram, Deliver Me a Podcast. Thanks to Jess. Thank you. Whoop, whoop. You can find Hallmarkies Pod on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, wherever you find social media. We're there. And don't forget to check out our merch store. We have a ton of postable stuff created just for postables. Lots of fun things. And you can get it in a t-shirt, a mug, a notebook, pillows, very random things, stickers, magnets, anything, you name it. Um, not a cape, not a postable's cape. Not okay. a postable's cape. And maybe if I get adventurous this weekend, we'll just, we'll do postable masks because T Public is now making masks. <laughs> but Casey, like we owls. want, 
we want that t-shirt with a cape on it. We want that t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Working on it. Thanks for the reminder. All right, you guys, it's been fun. Have a great day wherever you are. Shout us out and we will talk to y'all later. Bye. Bye. Bye